Welcome to Season 3 of the Let's Talk Wrestling Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Kelby Bachman, and welcome to 2024. I hope everyone had a happy and healthy and safe New Year's Eve and New Year's Day, and uh, hopefully 2024 is the best year yet. Uh, the song you just heard is Bad Moon Rising by Creedence Clearwater Revival, and it is also the walkout song for the next guest on the show, Mac Ryder. So Mac is a four-time state champion for Don Bosco, the 13th in Iowa High School state history. For college, Mac went north of the border and attended the University of Minnesota. As a Golden Gopher, he was a three-time All-American at 133 pounds. And between high school and college, Mac won a total of 294 matches. He was inducted into the National Wrestling Hall of Fame in 2014. So please sit back, relax, and enjoy Mac Ryder. So yeah, what's up? Not a whole lot, man. We're just uh, living up here in Minneapolis. Yeah, you're still up in Minneapolis, huh? Yeah, so just, I never thought I would have been a city kid at all. Uh, I mean, I grew up town of, I mean, I, I grew up on a farm outside mm-hmm. of a town of 700 people and just got to the city and just absolutely loved it and never left. Uh my brothers still give me shit about it. They, you know, I'm, I'm the the city kid of the family. I try to go home and help, you know, at least for one weekend in the fall for harvest and stuff. And they never let me do anything that's that I can mess up too bad. You know, I, I'm grain cart guy or something like that. like nothing, nothing too exciting. Do you ever go help out? Um, does, is Eddie the one? Eddie and Bart don't they have the construction company together? So they do. They used to. They've kind of now separated the, the plan was so bart moved down to altoona and him and eddie started that construction company together or not started eddie was already doing it bart went down there to like essentially like as an apprenticeship to kind of learn the business from eddie but he his plan him and his wife's plan was always to move back uh to the gilberville area and then about a year and a half ago now they moved back to the farm where we grew up and then bart his first job was to build my mom a new house about a half mile up the road. Uh, so he built that for my mom and now Bart and Michelle and their three kids live in the house that, uh, my dad built when we were, I was going into sixth grade when he built that house. So, wow. Still so, on family farm. Yeah. Okay. So he, he does the farm then he doesn't do construction up there in, in, yeah, so Bart does still do con- so like that was the whole like so he learned the 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 construction business from Eddie, uh, kind of the ins and outs of it, and then he you know now is running his own thing, um, up in the Waterloo area. I think he does a lot of like decks and a lot of you know additions and stuff. That it's just for the most part he's kind of just a one man crew, so he can't really do too big of jobs. But um, you know he he knows what he's doing, so. He's kind of, he's doing a lot of that stuff. And then he, him and Joe, my oldest brother, Joe, do the farming. So Joe lives in Gilberville. Uh, He's a firefighter for Waterloo. And nice. Kind of just, he's got his life exactly the way he wants it. And (laughs) I want to change it for probably 20 years. (laughs) Uh, So we touched on some of the other writer clan, but what about yourself? So you're in Minneapolis. Yep. And what are you, what are you doing up there? So I, I, you know, graduated from Minnesota in 2008, uh, had a, you know, really, really good experience up here and really liked the city, 
but I just wasn't really ready to move on, uh, at least from wrestling. So I stuck around and worked as a graduate assistant coach for probably two or three years, I think three years, uh, at Minnesota and kind of was trying to decide, like, do I want to coach forever? And after about three years, I was like, I just, you know, college, I love college wrestling. Uh, I love coaching, but I just don't know if I want that lifestyle where if you're not competing, you're on the road recruiting or, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's hard. College, being a college coach is, is very, very difficult job. So I just kind of, I, I just decided I didn't think I wanted to do that. So got out of uh, that went and worked for CH Robinson, which is like a brokerage uh, freight brokerage company Worked for them for about a year, year and a half. Um, and then after that switched uh, over to, I don't know if you remember the name, John Bowlesby at all. Mm -hmm. He was a three-time right. All-American for Iowa. Um, I believe two or three-time All-American. I should know. He's my boss. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he, we, we have a, a commodities trading business. And he's partners with Larry Zilverberg, who was an All-American for both Minnesota and Iowa State. Uh -huh. They're partners in the business. Um, and we work on... So my, my business is kind of in the chemical side uh, and my focus is going to be a lot of the stuff they use to drill for oil. So all the products they use to, you know, extract that oil from the ground, we import a lot of that stuff and then supply it to the mud companies. Uh, but essentially it's just kind of buying and selling products. Uh, that's mm -hmm. my main focus. And then when I got out of coaching at Minnesota, Jared Lawrence was a very, very close friend of mine. And he had just started maybe a year or two before that. I think he started in 06, uh, Pinnacle. And he asked me if I'd come in and, you know, help. And so we started, I started there in the fall of 2008 and have helped out at Pinnacle ever since. So we're 15 years now. And it's that part, like, I, I mean, I do enjoy, you know, my, my day-to-day -day job is great. Like it's, it's, it's good. It's, it's very fulfilled. Like it, it stimulates things, you know, there's, mm -hmm. you know, trying to, trying to sell and, and, you know, compete a little bit in that, that world. But then the, you know, get to coach right now, I'm maybe two days a week or so at Pinnacle in the fall before high school season, when high school is kind of like going strong, I'm in there three, four days a week. Um, but that, that stuff is really, really fun because, We've had some absolutely incredible kids come through that program and and seeing those kids kind of make that jump to the next level is really, really cool. Mm -hmm. So that still scratches that itch a little bit of yeah, you know, that wrestling itch that still that just never goes away, it seems no, like. No, yeah. I mean, I was involved in the sport since I was four years old. And and so like, how do you walk away from that? Like, how do you just like, all right, I'm done. I'm going to move on. I'm going to completely start a, a whole new uh, lifestyle. It just, that was never going to be an option. So, um, that pinnacle's really kind of given me that outlet that I, that I'm looking for. We've actually sent quite a few guys down to, uh, Nebraska, Peyton Rob, really, and really? Alan, Alan Kaler's there now. Mm -hmm. And then Marco Christensen's coming next year. So right on. Venz was another guy. Venz no, was yep. the very first guys we, Venz and Rob, like we, I mean, Peyton, I, those two, I coached since they were five years old, six years old. Uh, so really cool. Um, you know, we, it's kind of a nice relationship we built with Manning now that I think when he comes up, 
to recruit some of our guys. He trusts our judgment. Like we've, you know, like we say like, Hey, that I, this kid's, this kid's legit. Like he's, he's D one talent. Like I think he, he respects that and he, he'll, he'll, you know, kind of recruit them accordingly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. Did you ever give a thought to Nebraska? I did actually. So, um, <laughs> gosh, very, very, uh, if we want to get into like my whole recruiting process, cause like I'm a, I'm an anomaly. Uh, I, I left the state of Iowa to go to Minnesota, which, mm-hmm. you know, most people do not do. Yeah. Uh, very, very few people. I'm excited was, to talk about it. Uh, I was the very first blue chipper to ever leave the state uh, to go to Minnesota. And so my whole life, the only thing I ever wanted to do was wrestle for Iowa. That was it. Like that. I grew up 50 minutes from Iowa city. Um, I, I, I wanted to be a Hawkeye. And, you know, everything was always leading to that path. That, that was the end result. Um, everything was fine. You know, I go through my freshman, sophomore year, what, you know, back then they couldn't really have much of a, you know, they couldn't contact you all yeah. that much back then. It wasn't until January 1st, I be, or sorry, uh, July 1st, my f- junior year between my junior mm-hmm. and senior year, they could reach out and, um, uh, on Jan- or July 1st, I think that Minnesota called and Iowa called and Nebraska called, Iowa State called, you and I called. Um, Did they call it like midnight and just start like you're you're like sleeping no. and all of a sudden your phone's just going off. And you're like, what the heck? No, I'm sure they were calling like the higher recruits that midnight. I was like, you know, later in the afternoon. Like, oh, yeah, we still got to call that guy, right? Oh, my pressure at least. Um, but so – everything, everything's going fine through the recruiting process. I went on my visit to Iowa city and it was kind of weird. Cause like back then you can only recruit or they can only contact you once a week. And it was, I don't remember the exact days, but it seemed like on Mondays, Minnesota would call and on Tuesdays, Nebraska and Wednesdays, Iowa, like they just, <laughs> cause they could get, they could call once a week and then they have to wait a week. And it was just like, I felt very, uh, I felt, you know, loved and wanted and all that stuff. Like I didn't, you know, all of them, were very much uh, of interest. I, I, and I remember when Jay called, Jay was the first one to call from Minnesota. He was the first person I talked to. And he said, you know, we, we hear you're probably going to go to Iowa. Is that true? And at the time, Mark Schwab was an assistant at Minnesota and his brother, Mike was an assistant at Don Bosco high school. Mike, so he was one of my assistant coaches. So like, they obviously had a you know, the brothers are going to talk like they have a, a very good connection. So Jay's like, you know, we, we were hearing that you're, you're going to end up in Iowa. Is that true? And I, you know, and I'm, I'm not going to like tell Jay like, no, like, or yeah, of course I'm going to, I'm going to go to Iowa, you know? So mm-hmm. I lied to him and I was like, no, I, I'm, I'm open to other places. I'll, I'll consider anywhere. Um, and he's like, all right, well, you know, we're very interested in you. We'd, we'd really like to recruit you. I said, oh, you know, okay, that's cool. So the recruiting process goes on through that fall. And I go on my visit to Iowa city. I didn't really have to do the the visit to Iowa city. Cause I knew every summer uh, in high school, I would move down to Iowa city. I live with Mark Ryland, who was an incredible mentor to me. And I, I'd live with him all summer. He lived in Iowa city. He was a coach at uh, Iowa city West for the longest time. And we'd work out there or we'd go to Carver and we'd work out. Like I knew everybody in the program. I knew all the coaches. I knew everything, but obviously you're, you're going to take a visit They're They're offering you a visit and college visits are really, really fun. So like I advise every kid, like, yeah, I think you get five, 
take all five, have fun. Like they're a blast. Even if you don't, aren't really considering a place, at least go see it, you know, and you know, maybe it changes your mind. It kind of did for me, but so I go on my visit to Iowa city, have a wonderful time. Like everything's great. Like, again, I knew everybody there. Nothing was a surprise. Um, and then I left there and then I had a weekend off and then I went on my visit to Minnesota and Minnesota kind of like, uh, it kind of blew me away a little bit. Uh, just the the team camaraderie and and just kind of everything that they were trying to build. This would have been, uh, this would have been the fall of two thousand one. So they were just coming off winning. Uh, I don't know this. This would have been the, yeah the fall of 01. So they just coming off winning two national titles. Mm-hmm. So they they were doing good job. They were doing good things. Uh, and it just like it felt really, really cool up there. I, I, it was different. Uh, it was, it was kind of special in a way. I don't know how to describe it. So then the next weekend I go on my visit to Nebraska. And at that time, like I was, I was very strongly considering Nebraska. I had this, I had a, what seemed like a, and what was still is a great relationship with Mark Manning. Uh, love the guy. And he was really like, he was, he was the guy that called me every week. He was, he came to my house three, four times. Um, just like he, and he was still trying to build things at Nebraska, mm-hmm. you know, this yeah. long, you know, back before things had kind of got going and he was selling this image that ultimately ended up coming true. Like, you know, his belief that he did, he, he did what he was, the image he was selling, but um, I just, like, I, I had a great time on my visit, but there was kind of a, instance with uh these two twin brothers that were a year older than me that i was going to come in at their weight i think there's ty and bo malia were their names and i think they kind of felt a little bit threatened uh that like hey who's this freshman guy that's recruiting that's coming in one of our weights and they they kept like picking at me the whole weekend and it just kind of turned me off and i ended up I, i did really 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 consider nebraska for a very long time but that instance was kind of like, yeah, I just like the, coming off the weekend before where the whole team, every single person felt like a cohesive unit and going to Nebraska and it kind of felt sectioned off a little bit. And that was the one thing that like growing up at, at Bosco, like we, you want to win individual titles and you want to win team titles. And that was my goal in college. Like I wanted to go somewhere that I was going to win my goal was to win an individual title and also win team titles. And it just didn't feel like it was quite yet possible at Nebraska at that time. Mm-hmm. So I kind of crossed them off, but in that process from the week, I, when I went to Iowa city, I had the week off and then Minnesota, then Nebraska. So those three weeks, um, ultimately I never heard from Iowa again. They never called me one time. Uh, and, and quite honestly, like if they'd called one time, like I was committing like it just, wow. I, I wanted to, I like you grow up in Eastern Iowa and you know, like you're a wrestling kid. Like it, that's just what you do. Uh, but ultimately I heard later. So I end up then a couple more weeks pass and I've just, it's getting time, like national signing days coming up. And I'm like, I got to make a decision here. Uh, I went down in my room. My parents were awesome about never once putting any pressure on me about where to go, what they want me to do. You know, it would have been very easy for them had I gone to Iowa because it's 50 minutes away. Like that's, you know, they're down there. They can 
pop down and back, no problem. But whereas Minnesota's, you know, three and a half, four hour drive. And there was, you know, so many duels over my college career that they would drive up, go to the duel and then drive home. And then, you know, you're committing nine, 10 hours to just a, one duel. That's, that's a big deal. Uh, but they, again, they were never like, they just didn't, they said like, this is your decision. You've worked your whole life for this. Like it's time to make your decision for what you want for your future. And so I went down to my room and at that, that night, or well, I got a, I got a call that CP Schlater and Roger Kish had just committed to Minnesota. It's like, okay, that's one in three in our class. I was number nine in our class. So one in three had just committed. I'm like, in my heart, I think I know what I want, but I don't know. And like, I, I know I'm supposed to go to Iowa. Like, this is like, this is where I was always supposed to be. So I went down to my room and I had a quarter and I, I flipped it. And I think into my head, I was like, you know, heads were going to Iowa, tails were going to Minnesota. And, and I, I made a lot of decisions back then that way, just because when that quarter's in the air, like in your heart, like you'll know what you, what you really want it to be. And when it flipped it, I was like, I think I, was like, come up Minnesota. And it did. And so I called up uh, Mark Schwab or I sent a text to uh, my assistant coach and cause they don't, they only had one call that they could, they could reach out to me on and they didn't want to burn it that week. If like, if I wasn't ready to commit. So I told him, I was like, have, have Mark call me. I'm ready. And he called me up and I committed that night. And um, I, I always kind of like, you know, it was still kind of weird. Like how, like this thing that I've wanted my whole life, all of a sudden I'm going to their, their rival and everything was very weird. Uh, and then shortly thereafter. So at the time then, and I don't really like ever blame Iowa at all. Cause I, I fully, I get that, that all of division one sports is a business. And at that time, the, the Europe, the great above me, Iowa had just brought in Todd Meninley, Jeff Paffinger and Trent Goodale three phenomenal wrestlers all right at my weight class. They didn't, they didn't need me. And and maybe they did or did not believe that I would, would be great or not, but like they, there was no need for another guy. They, they had, to, they had other needs that they needed to go get, you know, Mark Perry was in my class. He was a need for him. And they ultimately ended up being a very, very, like they invested good money into, you know, that worked out. For them. So like, I don't, harbor any bad feelings to Iowa and that like that they didn't call. Um and so after I had committed to uh Minnesota, I got a letter in the mail uh from Tom Brands, who was an assistant at the time with Iowa under Jimmy Zaleski. And Tom just said like, hey, like I, you know, I wish you the nothing but the best. Uh I really do believe you're going to be a great wrestler. I really wanted to recruit you, but you know, we just, we didn't, we didn't have, you know, like I, he's like, I think you will be great. And, and that was kind of really, really a cool thing to get in the mail. Um, and, you know, I, I, like I said, I have no hard feelings. Towards, I, I like to, you know, like we're still bitter rivals and I like to like right. mess with yeah. them a lot and stuff, but like, and I, nothing really gets me go, you know, yeah. I just keep a pretty even keel. So I find that so true that when you like, you don't think about it until now that you said it, when you flip that coin and you said it's in the air and you're like, in your heart, you kind of know what you want. You're like, I hope it's this. And, and I feel that I, I like, I'm, you know, anyone who's flipped a coin on a choice like that, they, 
they probably understand that feeling there. Yes. Um, and if you haven't, try it sometime. Like because <laughs> yeah. like if you're really struggling with the decision, it will tell you. You will find out like when that thing is in the air, you'll know what you want. Yeah. Who who did kind of help you? You know, who did you lean on during that time of where, you know, that recruiting process? You know, you kind of said your parents, you know, were a little more hands off. So who yeah. did you did you seek advice from somebody? No, like truly nobody. Like I, cause like this is before back before like club wrestling was a thing, you know, now that like I'm involved at Pinnacle, like we, we will sit down like the parents of our senior class and like, Hey, like, as you start getting recruited, here's some things to look out for. Here's some things to be aware of. We'll talk to all those seniors, like make sure that they're well aware of it. Cause like all of us have been through it. And like the recruiting process is chaotic and fun and stressful and like, everything all at once and if you've never been through it which most people haven't unless they have like an older brother that they're very close with for most people it's a new experience and like you don't really know what the questions ask or the you know the things to look out for so for me like I, I truly just just did it on the fly um I my older brother was a, was a very good wrestler was a great wrestler but he had concussion problems and he had to, you know, quit wrestling his junior year of high school. So he never like did any of the recruiting. I didn't, nobody in my family had ever done it. Like my parents had never done it. I didn't, Mark Ryland was a great resource, but like, I also, you know, I, like I would talk to him about some things, but like he was a national champ for Iowa. Like I knew where he wanted me to go and, and he never, he was awesome too. Like he didn't push me. Like he let me, even the year after I committed to Minnesota, he let me live at his house the whole summer knowing I'm going up to Minnesota, which like is again, like a rival, maybe mm -hmm. not the number one rival, but it's a rival. And, and I'm sure that he took some, some heat from, you know, the Iowa coaches at the time of like, Hey, like this guy, you've, you've spent all this time with, like, what were you doing? You know, like, I know personally, like we get that a little bit from uh, some of the coaching staffs that we're here, we're, that we're close with here at Pinnacle. Like, you know, like, what are you talking to this guy about us? Like, yeah, sure. Absolutely. But like, he was so good about like not pushing me into a position where I didn't, you know, that he didn't, didn't know if it was best for me. So uh, everything, okay. like I said, everything could not have worked out better. And nothing was planned and nothing was, you know, it was just, we'll figure it out. That that's awesome that nobody really pressured you. And I, and I, I applaud you for making that decision. You you said earlier, you were the first real blue chipper to, to go outside the state. Um, did you look to Minnesota? Other people had gone yeah. outside the state. Yeah. Right? Um, so to Minnesota, did you catch some heat from that? Like did. Oh, did, absolutely. Yeah. Did, Instantly. Like, instantly so like were fans upset i mean yeah. how did you kind of grind through the that message boards were big back then uh <laughs> yes, I, I, never, I never in my like never posted on message boards because like what you like it's such a waste of time but uh i i also like was addicted to reading them and would yep. always go in there and read and like almost instantly after i committed then it like the whole narrative turned and it was like well like he's just a you know small town Iowa, he's a one A kid. Like he'll never be good in college. Like all he does is take kids down and cradle them. Like that isn't going to work in college. All it, like all this stuff and you know whatever. I use this fuel. Like you know like they 
there was a lot of people like, hey, I hope we get this guy. And the second they didn't, it was like, oh, we didn't really want him anyway. Like, good. Yeah. Oh, good job. Minnesota, you wasted money on on him. But I, I, I didn't really use that kind of stuff as fuel to, to like push me further. I always just, I just really wanted to win uh, mm-hmm. more than anything. Like I hated to lose. I didn't really care what people were saying or that, you know, like any of that stuff. I just like, like people you know, winning's fun. Like wrestling's not always, <laughs> wrestling's not the most fun sport. The, the, the only thing that's truly fun about wrestling is winning. And mm-hmm. so like, I wanted to do that as much as possible. And that was kind of what drove me more than anything. Yeah. And that whole process, we can see the good and the, you know, the ugly in it, yeah. you know, the good of people allowing you to make your decision and not forcing you and just trying to help it wherever they can. But then also the ugly of, you know, people being upset that you didn't go to their school. And yeah, and for sure. And like out, everybody but... <laughs> base has knucklehead fans. Like there's nobody, there's no innocent fan base in the world. that's like, no, we only have good fans. Like everybody here's, you know, super positive. Like it's, that just doesn't exist. So uh, I, I don't, yeah. Like, and especially when it's, you're hiding behind an anonymous message board, Dave, like, yeah, it's even worse then. Cause like you can say whatever you want. Nobody, nobody knows who's saying it. So yeah. Um, not an indictment on any, any one person at all. Yeah. So um, let's backtrack a little bit there. That that's great start to the, to the um, story here. But um, you said you started when you were four. Yeah. I mean, did it just, did you just take to wrestling right away? I did my dad. So my dad got my older brother and I started, Joe was about a year and a half older than me, but two grades ahead of me. Um, he got us started about the exact same time. I remember the very first, uh, tournament we went to was a no winners and losers tournament, which is very weird for at that time. It would have been like 1988. We're like, yeah, we were four, but like both kids wrestled. And then they raised both hands at the, you know, at the end of the match. And like, you know, like you think back in the old days, like, no, we had winners and losers, but apparently we didn't in 88. <laughs> like, you know, they were okay with at that time. Like, we're not going to make some kid feel bad. Like no matter what the score is, both kids get their hands raised at the end. Um, and then I went to, that was my very first tournament. And then the next one, we went to the Gladbrook Rhinebeck tournament. And my bracket consisted of uh, my cousin, Nick, my cousin, Dane, and then uh, Corey Kalina, who I ended up wrestling probably a hundred times in my life uh, <laughs> from Belle Plaine. So he actually gave me my, my, one of my three losses in my high school career, but uh, it was a very funny bracket that I can't remember how it worked out. There was a three-way tie for first and I ended up getting first because of a major or something like that. Uh, so I still, I, I don't think I still have that bracket, but for a, the longest time, uh, that bracket was still at our house with my two of my cousins on it and Corey Kalina. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I just dad, dad was so dad wrestled a little bit. Um, he wasn't very, I don't think very good, uh, but he did wrestle. Uh, he just dad was a, a you know, he's a hard worker, he was a farmer, he worked construction, and everything he got in his life, he had to go earn. And so when he kind of started getting us into the sport it was never about you know winning or losing like he didn't he wanted us to win and lose obviously but like 
the only thing dad ever said to me was work hard. Like always, always everything. Any phone call when I was in college with him before he would hang up, he'd say, hey, work hard, like always. And, and it just, from the very beginning, that's the, 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 our effort was the only thing that mattered to him. And we ultimately end up like, I don't, I don't think they, they realized that Joe and I were any good at the sport. Um, my, until my second grade year, we went to, I wasn't, they didn't have Peewee state then they only had AAU state was third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, or eighth. And I was still in second grade, but Joe was in fourth. They signed us both up. They lied and said I was in third grade, uh, which is how I have uh, a couple extra medals, but um, <laughs> they signed us up. We went to districts. They didn't uh, get like track, you know, obviously track wrestling. None of this exists. Nobody knows who anybody is. You just show up to districts. You fill up a little paper, you get your bracket, you wrestle. Um, and then we qualify for state and they're like, okay, where's this sadness? Okay. It's at Cedar Rapids. Well, let's take the, take them down there. So we get down there and, uh, I ended up getting third place. Or I can't remember if I got third or fourth and I think I got third and Joe got fifth and they were like, wait, are they, are they, are they actually good at this sport? <laughs> like, what, what, like this kid's get all of a sudden he's third in the state and I was wrestling up a, a division and Joe's fifth. Like, and um, so that, that was kind of, I think the first thing for mom and dad were like, maybe there is a future here. Maybe we get them into it and, and keep them into it. And I, I just, you know, I played baseball up until fifth grade. Uh, I played flag football until like third grade. And that was, that was it. I didn't ever did a single other sport, really? uh, never anything else after sixth grade was simply wrestling and it was wrestling for 11 months a year. And I never, I took the month of August off and, and that was all I needed. I, I didn't, not every kid is that way. And I, I, I think very few kids are that way. I think for the most part, being in multiple sports is a way better thing. Uh, but for me, it wasn't, I, I didn't, I knew what I was actually good at and I only wanted to be good at that. And so my dad was super good at recognizing that. And he was, he was really, really good at understanding that each one of us four boys was very different. The things he did for Joe to motivate Joe or to motivate me were way, way different than the things he needed to do for Eddie and Bart. If he had pushed Eddie and Bart the same way that he did Joe and I, like they, they probably would have quit the sport. Like they just wouldn't have, they wouldn't have bought in. And, but fortunately the way things worked out, was that, you know, Joe and I were in, high school well Eddie would have been in fourth grade and Bart would have been in first grade and so he was he dad came to all of our high school events like he just made a point he didn't miss things so mm -hmm. instead like when we were growing up when Joe and I were growing up we were at Saturday tournaments every weekend we were always competing we were always you know we went to Tulsa Nationals we did all this stuff but he didn't have the ability to take Eddie and Bart to the same amount of stuff or have them competing he would have to seek out Sunday tournaments because he would go to watch us at like the Hudson or the, you know, tournament or the Keith Young or whatever it is. Like he just was at all of our stuff. So he didn't quite have that same hands-on approach with Bart and Eddie, but it worked out better for, I believe, because they just, they weren't the same type of kids and they like every kid is different. You have to, I think you have to recognize what makes each one tick. I was the most stubborn kid in the world. And so if dad just simply said like, you're, you can't do this, then all right, I'm going to go do it. And, and 
he, I think, probably learned that very, very early on. And, and but he, he found a way to like use that to his advantage, I guess you would say, but like to, to get the most out of me. But like if he had told Eddie, like, hey, you can't do this, like Eddie'd be like, all right, well, I guess I can't do it. You know, it's just <laughs> so he found he figured out different ways to, to be to be there for each of us and to motivate each of us to be what I think is, you know, become the best versions of ourselves. Yeah. When did you realize you, you said that your parents sort of thought, thought you were good, you know, when you were in second yeah, grade, when you, that was when second. you realized that you might be good at this sport they call wrestling? Uh, I think pretty early on. Um, Cause then, so I got, I can't remember if it was third or fourth, my second grade year, I won it my third grade year and then got second, my fourth grade year. And then one state every year from then on fifth through senior in high school. Um, so like, I always was kind of, you know, right there. Um, I always put big stock into like major events. So we would like, we would, you know, growing up, like there was two events until I got into high school, but like as a youth that really mattered high school or AAU state in, you know, first weekend in March or whatever it was. And then Tulsa nationals in the middle of January. So we would kind of like train for those two events, kind of peak for Tulsa, come down a little bit and then peak for state and then come down again. Um, and uh, my first two years I went down to Tulsa, I did not place. I got beat out the round before placing both times. And then I got, I think I got fifth, fifth, third, first, uh, finally won it as an eighth grader. And maybe that's probably like the moment where things really started to click for me. Um, you know, again, I, I had done well at the state level. I'd won, you know, four state titles at that point in AAU, which to me, like I was very close-minded. I, I, I thought, well, Iowa, like we're great at wrestling. I, the university of Iowa was really, really good at wrestling. Why if I'm winning IAU state in Iowa, like I'm, that must be one of the toughest States. So mm -hmm. probably wasn't, but uh, you know, <laughs> until I finally broke through and won at Tulsa and, and I had kind of a, a, a fairly deep bracket that year uh, in Dustin Schlater in the semis, which was a big deal. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I still remind him of, I, I remind of him of that every once in a while, whenever I see him up here, because he still lives up here in Minneapolis, but uh, good friends. Um, but that was kind of like the moment, like, okay, like we might be all right at this. And then um, I was very, very small for when I became a freshman. I, I my freshman year first practice, I weighed ninety eight pounds. Like I was, I was just small, uh, full feed. That freshman year was so fun, <laughs> like just having the time of my life. Didn't no cares in the world. Everything's brand new to me. You know, we're competing for high school, all these tournaments. Like I get to wear Don Bosco stuff. Everything was really, really fun. We went to state, and the you know back then we could weigh in the night before state finals and I weighed in and, and they get a pound each day. So I think plus the two pounds you got in January, it was like one Oh seven was the way you could weigh. And I weighed in at one Oh two for state final <laughs> uh, my freshman year. And that was as big as I'd been all year. Like I was, I was, you know, still like just a tiny little kid, but it was just, everything was, was super fun. Um, and then that summer after that, you know, I still weighed hundred, 102 pounds. I wanted to go down uh, or no. So that, that next summer I ended up cutting down to 94 and a half from like one Oh five. 
it cut down to 94 and a half for cadet nationals and ended up winning it that year at 94 and a half. And that was, uh, I, I remember for some reason feeling like cadet nationals was different up in Fargo than winning Tulsa nationals. I don't know why. Um, it just felt like it was a different scale. So that, yeah, I guess, I don't know when you truly ever, I don't even actually think I ever really was great at it. I never like, you know, <laughs> I knew, reach my ultimate goal. I knew I, I was good at it, but I was never great. Technically I was never the strongest. I certainly was not the fastest. I just, I, I, I probably, I guess made my a living on just trying to be the toughest uh, mentally more than anything. And uh, all that was instilled from my dad, you know, early on, just, just be tough. We can only control one thing, and that's just how tough you are. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I was like I said, I was I was slow. <laughs> you know, I could <laughs> I could not wrestle guys from space. If I tried to wrestle from space, I'm gonna get torched. So I had to close the you know close that gap, get my hands on people, and try to use use be physical and wear guys down, and then ultimately hopefully get on top and see if we can cradle them. <laughs> what's the What's the origin of that that? cradle you know that, that whenever you saw somebody at least yeah. back in the day i don't know if it's so much anymore because i've been away from the sport for a little while but that when you saw somebody with a don bosco single yeah. you knew it was coming and you couldn't stop it right well it's just it's all we did like so you know we'd go into practice and and okay today we're going to work on single legs and then cradles and then the next day it's all right we're going to work on double legs but then cradles and then the next day it's high seas but then cradles it was just, it was it. That was all we did. And so up and down that lineup, like every kid just were throwing cradles on. And I, and I love, like for me, like I love the move because it's there when you're on top, it's there when you're on your feet. Like there's so many times in that match where a scramble might ensue and all of a sudden his head's next to his knee. Boom. If we can lock that up, like changes the match. Like I was going to lose my sophomore year at state in the quarterfinals. I was down four zero going to the third period. And I, I took top, threw on a crossface cradle and got a pin. And like, <laughs> just, that's the way it, it just like, it's, I, I believe you need to have a move that from all three positions, top, bottom, neutral, that if you have to score on a guy, if you truly need to score that you can hit. And, and so you can be good at a lot of technique, but you have to master one move from each position. And I, certainly never mastered anything from bottom i sucked a lot <laughs> uh but i do believe i got very very close at least to mastering a cradle on top mm -hmm. and it was good to me yeah 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 it was <laughs> um you know going into high school was was your ultimate goal to be a four-time state champ were you thinking like were you a future planner like that or were you kind of yeah. staying in the moment and like this is what i need to do today or this is what i need to do this year no, like I, I, I was very much like, that's the only option uh, because a lot of that ha it helped my brother, Joe uh, made the state finals his freshman year. So he's two years older than me. So his freshman year, he makes the state finals, loses uh, in the finals to Jesse Sundell. Um, ultimately goes on to be a four timer. Uh, sophomore year, he makes the state finals again at 103. And uh, this crazy match ensues with him and Nick Lee from Columbus Junction. And Ultimately, uh, th there was a bunch of flurry points were going up left and right. They they missed a point. Like somehow they missed one of Joe's points and escaped. 
And the match ends up tied, goes in overtime. Nick Lee takes Joe down to win. Wow. But the the one of the Bosco uh, Mad Aid was like trying to get the coach's attention, like, hey, like she because she's keeping book Matt side. She's mm-hmm. like, that score's not right, and trying to get it, and, and they couldn't figure out like what happened. But like Nick Lee went out, gets the takedown, beats Joe in overtime. And then that next week, like my dad, I don't think Joe so much really wanted to do this because like Joe was cutting a ton of weight that year. And he was just like, he just was not, not enjoying the sport at all. And just mm-hmm. didn't kind of had a sour taste in his, his mouth for the sport of wrestling at that time. But my wow. dad like filed this protest, like, no, the scoring was wrong. Like we watched the video and like, if you add up all the points now, like you can see, like that should have never went to overtime, but it, it did. And so as fate would have it, uh, Bosco draws Columbus Junction first round of state duels then a week later. Because back then, uh, duels were the week after, you know, right after. And so there's a rematch of it. And to his credit, man, Nick Lee went out and kicked Joe's butt. Uh, And I think he beat him like seven to two. I don't even remember what the score, but he crushed him. And so like it kind of like erased any like doubt on who the better guy was. Now, um, I really, really struggled with Joe losing, like in the moment, um, you know, losing for the second year in a row. Like I, I, you know, Joe was like my best friend and, and like seeing him lose as a freshman and sophomore, I, that was where my seventh and eighth grade years was, was tough. Uh, and I was just like, knew all along what the plan was. So I was very fortunate that he went first and he kind of, made me realize like, yes, this is very much a possibility. Like you should, not only is it a possibility, like you should be in the finals as a freshman, you should compete for a state title as a freshman. And so again, as fate would have it, my freshman year, make the state finals, I'm losing. Uh, I get a stall call. I'm still on top. I'm, they stall hit Luke Ryland for stalling to make me down by one with like 20 seconds ago. I go to cut him. They give him the one, but he turns around and kind of dun- dives in on a leg. So then I'm trying to scoot corner, scoot corner. And I step over and hook the leg and ended up like locking up a near side cradle. And they give me a takedown as time's expiring. So naturally, Eagle Ro- Grove coaches are going over to the head table. They're going to argue that. Bosco mm-hmm. coaches go over there. There's a you know ton of back and forth. Meanwhile, me and Luke are standing right in the middle of this, you know, 1A Matt's the center of Veterans Memorial Auditorium. <laughs> like there's I'm looking around, but like in my mind, I'm I'm thinking, you know, a year ago I watched my brother lose in overtime to Nick Lee. Like, that's not like that pain that I felt that night. Like, I don't want that. Like, we're not doing that. So um they come to a consensus, like, yes, it was a takedown, come back, and I end up getting a takedown like you know, 20 seconds into the overtime or whatever to win. And, but I, 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 it was so weird of like standing out there on that mat as all this discussions going on about, was it a takedown or was it not? And I, all I'm in my mind is like, remember how bad that sucked watching Joe lose. Like, don't, don't make my parents feel that feeling <laughs> like figure this out, dude. Like you can't lose this one. Um, so yeah, it, uh, I think that from the very beginning, it was always like, I have to win four, like, we got to win. Like, we want to win four state titles, like, and then we want to make the jump. Like, we want to win four NCAA titles. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, yeah, very few times does that. How did it affect, like, because by that time, you said Joe, you know, 
basically hung it up as his junior year. So by that time, right, he he hung it up his senior year. I misspoke. Oh, yeah. Senior. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So so Joe then I win it at one hundred three, and then Joe wins it at one twenty five later that night. And I mean that was like that's as good as it gets. I yeah. <laughs> there's there's very few times in my life I can remember seeing like my parents drunk. Um, then, uh, I, I thought you were going to say cry. You know, I'm still a freshman and I'm not really sure like what drunk is. And I remember like we went back to the Don Bosco hotel and my mom and dad, like everybody's out. Like we just kind of, you know, Bosco takes over a hotel and the entire town is there. And so like, nobody's complaining that people are up till midnight because everybody's up till midnight. And so like, it's just, it is what it is. And and like people will just meander around and like nobody's in their rooms. It's just through the halls and the community areas and all that stuff. And at one point I remember my mom and dad were sitting in a, in a stairwell and they like just kind of, you know, whatever carpeted stairwell. And there's yeah. tons of people in the stairwell, just talking hanging out. And I like walked through and I remember like, I was like, God, they don't, something doesn't seem right with mom and dad. Like they seem a little, little squirrely uh and <laughs> that i think was yeah that's like the first time i ever remember like seeing them drunk but a good you know like both their sons just want to stay title and like for them i would assume outside of maybe their marriage and the six of us kids being born like that had to <laughs> rank right up there with a pretty good day uh so then yeah so joe wins at his junior year and then his senior halfway through like actually not even halfway through it was all the way it was right after conference tournament, we wrestled the Womack and he just like, he could, and this is, you know, 2002. We don't know what concussions really, it, it may just 2001. Nobody really knows what concussions are at that point. Like now we have a way greater understanding of what a concussion is and like how to treat it. And like, to like truly respect, like we need to take some time off. But back then, like we just didn't like, we didn't know. And so he tried like wearing a kickboxing helmet, like a fully padded, helmet and like taping it to his head so that it wouldn't slide around and stuff but it, it didn't matter he was so susceptible to them at that point that like the slightest bump in his head and he was going out and uh there was a match i i never i didn't watch it live because i was wrestling still wrestling 103 my sophomore year he was up at 145 but i had wrestled in the semis i think and went back and i was laying under the bleachers i think we were at indie or West Delaware, one of those two high schools. I think we were Independence High School. And I was like taking a nap under the bleachers. And so I'm, Joe's wrestling the semis at 145 and they go out of bounds and like he had completely closed his eyes and walked back to the center and put his foot on the mat, like on the line without ever once opening his eyes at all. And they were like, all right, like something's not right. And so I missed Joe's last match ever because um, I was being selfish and taking a nap under the bleachers. But he, uh, you know, that was, it was, that was extremely hard. Cause we were ranked number one at the time ahead of Bell Plain and Underwood. And he was kind of the leader, you know, Joe, him and I were both defending state champs. He was ranked number one, all that stuff. And probably was like a shoe in to win another state title. And again, like the, you know, this is before we truly knew what a concussion was. And so he, they were like, yeah, we, you know, the doctors, like, you just, we can't keep doing this. You have to stop. And so he, he quit or not quit, but like, you know, retired, I guess you would say, and still was like a part of the program and around everywhere and stuff like he'd come with to everything, but it just like, 
it was so painful because it was the only thing he ever loved. You know, it was the same way with me. Like, like we loved, loved, loved wrestling and loved competing. And we weren't into a lot of other stuff. We didn't do any other sports. We did wrestling. And to have that taken away from a 17-year-old kid and tell him, like, hey, this only thing you've ever done in the rest of your, your entire life, like, it's gone. Figure something else out. Like, And so he it was really, really tough for for everybody involved. And then we ultimately like we got second in state that year, I think. And just had, had he been able to continue, we probably would have Bosco would have had another one. Uh, how, how did you handle that? Um, you know, you, you said earlier about how, you know, you and him were close in age. Yeah. So he was like your best friend, you know, you kind I, of followed in his footsteps wrestling, you know, and, and now here he is, you know, not able to wrestle and continue and finish his career. I feel like I, if I'm being honest, like I wasn't good about it. I, I was kind of like maybe only worried thinking about myself at the time. Like I was so tunnel vision on, we got to repeat this is my sophomore year. Like I got to win another state title. And like, I knew it sucked. And I, like, I felt like, dang, like maybe I almost even was like, woe is me. Like, oh, now our team might not win. Like I wanted to win a team title and not, hey, my, like, Joe just lost everything. Like not, I maybe lost like, like the team stuff and didn't even truly lose it. Like we still had a chance to go win, but like Joe lost it all. And so I don't think I was very good about it at that time. I was more like kind of, and, and I think that's just kind of the way I was all through my competitive careers. I was very, very selfish about my needs for my wrestling. Like I've got to take care of my things and, you know, I was kind of very type A and like very like everything's got to happen this this order. Everything's very planned out. And so I just was I wasn't seeing the bigger picture, I guess I'd say at the time. Well, and, you know, whether or not it's a good thing or a bad thing, you know, maybe that's what helped you get that state title that year. You know, where you kind of were able to block out that noise in that moment and not because if you kind of turn the tables and, and let it affect you too much, like it could have derailed everything. Yeah. So. And yeah, that's probably a good point. Like it just <laughs> like, I didn't allow it affect to affect me or make me feel sad because I was just like, no, like, all right, we're only focused on ourselves. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I had a tough road to go down my sophomore year. Like that was the year I was, getting beat four to zero in the quarterfinals. Like it, it wasn't like a foregone conclusion that I was just going to win again. Like I, I was, I felt pressure. I felt uh, like I needed to take care of my stuff to get where I wanted to be. And so maybe in some ways I just kind of like pushed all of his stuff down and didn't allow it to affect me. And I've always felt like I didn't handle that the best, uh, but I think we're okay. I think Joe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, when I talked you... to him today. We're, I think we're all right. I I didn't ask him if, he's still, if we're good. Uh, <laughs> he's still mad at me, but I think we're okay. <laughs> um, you just mentioned that word pressure, you know, when did you start to feel, or did you at all feel, it sounds like you did pressure, you know, mm-hmm. uh, or have that target on your back and it starts to get bigger and bigger, you know, so for me, I always, I never minded duels. Um, for some reason, in some weird way, like the first round of a tournament was always the most pressure I ever felt. 
And I don't know why, because usually like the first round of tournaments, you know, going to be a somewhat easier match. Um, So I don't, I don't understand why, but like that was always where I felt nervous or I felt pressure. And then once we got into it, like second round or all that stuff, like it was never a big deal. Um, I will say like, our, like all the coaches I had throughout my career were very good at like kind of keeping things light when they needed to be light, but understanding like I was the kid that like I needed to be slapped in the face before I went on the mat. Like I needed to be like, I was, I was extremely intense and I had to be super focused and I would repeat the same thing over and over in my head before I could step on that mat. And I had to truly believe that I was going to win and like everything I couldn't be loose. Like I wasn't like a guy like joking, like, okay, let's step on the mat. Like, let's go wrestle. Like it was serious and everything was like super serious. But then leading up to that point, like before we needed to be serious, cause like you can't be serious for two hours leading into a, a, a match. Cause you're going to wear yourself out and you're going to be exhausted when you step on that mat. So like I had great coaches throughout my entire career of understanding like, Hey, let's, for the, for the like hour, hour and a half leading up to this, let's, let's keep things light. Let's keep things fun and like, make sure that like, it's not thinking about, you know, whatever the match is. I, I, we being from Bosco, like we went to, um, we went to mass on Saturday night before state finals. Always. We used to do that. We'd go to Catholic mass before state finals. And I remember my freshman year, like I was starting to feel that like, Hey, I'm about to wrestle in the state finals as a freshman. And I'm sitting in church and like, you can't move in church. Like you're supposed to be like you know, still yep. and like being holy and like paying attention to this whole thing. And um, I won't name his name, but one of our assistant coaches whose name starts with an R and ends with an A Fox. Uh, he, uh, for some reason there was a, like a, a ASL American sign language person up there signing uh, the, the processions, uh, you know, everything to somebody mm-hmm. out in the, the congregation. And all of a sudden Ray kind of just starts doing hand motions back to her. And like, I'm, you know, 14 year old kid, So like very like, cheap humor is funny, you know? And I just, <laughs> like, I remember just thinking it was the funniest, like she got, it kind of like threw her off and like kind of mm-hmm. messed up a bit for her. But, uh, I remember thinking like, that was like super funny. And it just, relaxed me and allowed me to kind of like reset i think he ray because ray was very he was very hands-on with joe too and he's always told me that he believes that he had uh joe ready to go beat sundell but they didn't they didn't have they'd never had like a he hadn't coached a 103 pounder in the state finals before and they didn't realize like you get done with that uh you know the the parade of all or of place winners or whatever there's like 20 minutes of awards and he he's always said like he had joe ready to go coming out of that that parade like they came down they hyped him up they had him ready to go and all of a sudden it was like wait we got 15 more minutes and they just like they tried to keep him up and they like like they tried to like like keep well no we're, we're ready to go like keep you know keep going keep going keep going and then all of a sudden by like the time he had actually stepped on the mat and that's kind of like what i was talking about before is like just kind of had, had, had run out you just can't stay up that high. And so I think they learned a lot from those first two years with Joe at 103. So that, you know, the two years before me, when I went out there at 103, they they knew like, hey, comes off that, you know, like you do the whole parade, they do the national anthem, the whole Olympics theme song, all that stuff is very, very gr- easy to get like super excited and like 
ready to run through a wall. But like when you come out of there, like we got to like bring you down a little bit, get you to relax, stay calm and for 10 minutes and then start to kind of bring you back up. And so I was kind of fortunate that they, uh, I think that, you know, they, they learned for, for me how to handle me and, and how to kind of coach me the right way, or at least to, that made me successful. So how were they able to then, you know, when you did start to have that target on your back, um, make sure that you brought it every match, you know, especially when you're wrestling kids who are just trying to keep it close. Yeah. You know, we're just maybe stalling a little bit, but to the edge, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I, I remember a couple instances, my high school career, my junior year, uh, as a Hudson tournament and actually Tom Brands had, I knew he was there. He was there to watch me. And actually, so CJ Adelson was there as well. So like, he's coming okay. to watch, um, two guys that probably should recruit. They both won state titles as freshmen and sophomores. So like they're, you know, he's just coming to, to, to they're going to be in the same tournament, easy to go watch. Uh, and I remember like, again, at this point, like I, I wanted to wrestle for Iowa. So like, that was a big deal. And so like in my head, I'm playing it out. Like he, he's here to watch me. I got to I got to put on a show and I actually wrestled Charlie Adelson, the CJ's younger brother in the finals. And, you know, I just like, I, I didn't wrestle a good match. He wrestled a very, very smart match. And, and I don't think he wanted to get into a, a, a match that like tons of action and stuff like that was happening where I might be able to find a way to get my hands locked on a cradle, or I might be able to kind of explode. And he just kind of like slowed things down for a little while. And then I got super frustrated and I just, I lost my cool. Like I just no longer was thinking about wrestling as opposed to just like frustrated that why can't I score? Why can't I like take this guy down? He's just like staying everything in tight and I think I ended up, I ended up beating him like six to five, but it was just like, I, I left that mat feeling like I lost. And because it's like Tom Brands is here to watch me and I just wrestled a terrible match. Like they're not going to recruit me now. Um, and, and like, just that one kind of really, really got to me a lot. And then my senior year at the Bosco duels, we actually had it, uh, at Don Bosco high school, a tiny little town. We had Apple Valley come down. Uh, from Minnesota, who was really like, one of the top teams in the state. And yeah. they came down for the duels mostly because like Charlie Falk was with them at the time and him and I were really, really good friends. So the coaches had kind of talked and they were like, all right, we'll come down and we'll wrestle at Bosco. Um, and I wrestled uh, Michael Fessler. It's Michael or Richard. One of them, they're brothers. I can't remember. I wrestled one of them. And actually the only reason I won, we were in double overtime and he got his third caution. And <laughs> Same deal. Like I, I put so much pressure on myself. Like that year I wanted to pin everybody the entire way through. That was always my goal. I wanted to pin like I would very much like that's, that's the goal. Every single match, get a pin. And so like, I was trying so hard and I like kind of wore myself out, uh, trying so hard to pin this guy. Like I remember just being gassed and we're at Bosco's, you know, the gym, like I'm three times state champ at that point going on my senior year and kind of everybody was, you know, cheered for me or whatever. And I, I ended up, he got his third caution in, in double overtime or regular. I can't, I think it was double overtime. And so I got a point and I won. Uh, but again, just felt like just so mad at myself uh, for how I wrestled. And I think though those things are good though. Cause I learned a lot of, you know, what, like how to like, okay, this match isn't going the way I expected it. That's fine. Let's, 
figure out, all right, how do we beat his defense or how the things he's doing, let's figure out a way to get around those instead of like, no, I'm just going to keep trying my stuff harder because like that ain't going to work. Like he's figured out a way to, to slow us down. Like we have to think of it, you know, these matches a little more analytically, how, how like to make adjustments mid match. And I don't know. I think those two, those two matches stick out to me a ton throughout my high school career of like big, big learning experiences mm -hmm. yeah you know um i was thinking um from the naked eye you know you won four state titles you're a three-time all-american you've had all this success and so people from the outside or just looking at it through that vision would see how much success you've had um what i want to ask you is what kind of struggles that you had we've kind of talked about them a little bit you know that you had to deal with that maybe you know people don't see from the outside that allowed you to become and do the things that you did you know what i'm trying to ask yeah i i mean i i struggled a lot with like cutting weight um i it was just i was really really hard on me like especially like so my senior year in college like i i it was miserable uh for for six months you know i i kind of i stayed at 133 all four years of college and i think like my after my freshman year, I came down. It was pretty much I came down from forty five to thirty three. My freshman year, which no big deal, that's easy. Sophomore year, fifty five down to thirty three. Junior year, sixty five down to thirty three. Uh, there was a point my uh, the summer between my junior and senior years. I knew I wasn't good. I knew I was big, uh, but I was just like I had been, you know, I was just I'm gonna enjoy the summer. Like I'm gonna train and I'm still training and I'm lifting and I'm wrestling all the time. But like I'm just not gonna worry about things. And then like mid-August, I was like, all right, like, I feel like we probably should check the scale. And I stepped on the scale for like the first time in two months and it said I weighed 174. And I was like, oh my God, like we are in trouble. Uh, mm -hmm. And so I cut from, you know, mid-August down and and made weight, uh, made 133 by whatever, you know, the, it would have been like the first, the second weekend in November for the Bison Open and just uh, really, really struggled that whole year. I never really got it under control. You know, sometimes people say like your body kind of adjusts to it and you get used to it and like, like it's not so bad. Um, it, I just, I was, I was cutting so much and just was unhappy, uh, for the whole senior year. My, like the Iowa duel obviously is a big duel for me. It was a, you know, at the time it was a huge duel for me. Uh, the night before the Iowa duel, uh, going to practice. So maybe the duel is Friday night. So Thursday we got practice at three o'clock. I go in and I think I was like eight over, which was not bad for me at the time. Like that's fine. You know, normal. Um, I work out, I got down to like five and a half, um, go home. And I just kind of, I just snapped. I broke, uh, I, I, I had a mental like break and I stood in front of the fridge and I, I grabbed, we had like a gallon of water and I just started drinking and drinking and drinking and drinking. And I kept going. And then finally, like, I put it down and I was like, Oh, like, what did I just do? And I was like, all right, we gotta, we gotta go in. So I went in back into Beerman, the, our work, our wrestling room. And I checked the scale and I was 13 over. And so it's like 10 PM Thursday night. I'm 13 over. Uh, so I truly broke like bad broke, put on like, you know, seven or eight pounds. And so I work out, I got down to 10 over at 11 PM went back home, went to bed, woke up at 5am, came back in. I had got down to like nine 
worked out from 5 a.m. to 6 a.m., got down to 6, went home, went to bed, came back in at noon, had got down to like five and a half just from drifting, worked out for an hour from noon to one, got down to two and a half, went home, went to bed. Uh, just, and I don't even know if at this point if I'm sleeping or if I'm just laying there miserable. Uh, came back in at four o'clock, was two over, lost the last two, made weight at six, and we wrestled at seven. And this is going to surprise you, but like third period, I ran out of gas. And I don't <laughs> know why. I haven't figured out why. Uh, but like that one, like just, you know, was kind of a, like, that's a big regret in my life of just like, just kind of losing control or, you know, kind of taking that little mental like break of like, no, I'm going to keep drinking this water and it, I paid for it. And, you know, I, and I, I still always regret it. like had so much family and friends drove up from Iowa for that duel my senior year against Iowa. And like, I put out a, just a terrible performance. And um, so then like the coaches like sat me down and like, we had, we had a long talk that, cause it's, you know, we usually duel Iowa fairly late in the year. I didn't think we had much after that, but like, so I wrestled Joey Slayton that night and he beat me in the third period. Like he ended up beating me by three or four, but just kind of, it was close late in the third and he got take down. And then so that's Friday night, Saturday morning, uh, we flew to Stillwater and I do, we wrestled Oklahoma state Sunday and I had Coleman Scott on <laughs> Sunday. Uh, so I didn't get any easier and I lost, I lost eight to two, which is still like my worst college loss. I lost eight to two to Coleman Scott. That was the worst loss I ever took in college. And just, I remember sitting out, we like, walked out of Gallagher Iba and I was sitting kind of in the bleachers for their t into the football stadium. And I was talking to Jay and I was like, well, we're going to have a guy, you know, the coaches are going to everything you eat and drink the next week. We're, we're going to monitor. That. And, and so like, we really kind of changed things over that next week. I think that next weekend, then um, we had duels against Illinois and Wisconsin. So I had Jimmy Kennedy and Zach Tonelli uh, lost both of those. Uh, we're still trying to get the weight under control, but I was in a bit of a tough stretch there late in the senior year. And I was like, I was teetering on the edge, man. And you see this so often in seniors, uh, like college wrestling, it's just, it's a grind. And by your senior year, most people are kind of burnt out. And I was on that edge. And then we only had one duel then the next weekend, I believe, or maybe, no, we had two. We went down to Purdue and I wrestled somebody, I don't know, but then the, we came back home and our, my senior day was against Ohio state. I had Reese Humphrey and, uh, I, I went out like, but we'd got like, we'd kind of got my weight mostly under control. And like, they, you know, from them being on me all the time and just monitoring everything I was putting in and, and, and eating and drinking and like, how much am I losing and how much all this stuff. Uh, and so I wrestled Reese and I ended up like wrestling, like the match of my life. And I tech fall in 19, four and felt incredible. And then went into the Big Ten tournament and felt good, and then nationals, and then that was kind of the end. But um, I would say like that was the biggest thing I struggled with. My junior year of high school, I cut from fairly high to get down to one twelve because we had BJ McMahon at one nineteen and uh, Brian Blaze at one twenty five, and it just worked better for the team if I could get down to twelve because those guys couldn't go down, and so like I cut a ton of weight and I struggled you know at that point I was a 17 year old knucklehead kid who thought he knew the world and you know just kind of yeah, made some dumb decisions uh and and so like I I was just that would be I say the thing that I struggled with most like just 
figuring out how, like there's like all these other sports, football, basketball, baseball, they all have their things that make them tough. But at the end of the day, when you go home, like you leave the sport behind you, wrestling comes home with you when you're cutting weight and you live it every, you know, like it's 24 hours a day. It's with you. Like everything you put in your body has to be measured and has to be, what is the purpose of this? Why is it going in? Okay. Like it's just, it's, it, it'll wear on you. And if you're not, you're not strict about it, then it like hinders performance. And so it just, that, that part was what I would say would be the hardest. I, I like, I love competing. I felt like my senior year of college, I would have much rather gone up to 41, but it didn't work out. Same deal. Manny Rivera was at 41. Dustin Schlater was at 49. CP Schlater was at 57. CP couldn't go up to 65. So like nobody could go up. So I had to go down and that's just the, the way it was. Um, but I, it, it all worked out. It all, like, I'm very, very happy with how everything turned out in the end. Yeah. So I was just going to ask that, you know, 41 wasn't, was it an option? Did it ever occur to you? Like, you know, you said you were teetering. I mean, did you almost teeter on, I'm going up. I, I can't do this anymore. No, I, I, that never, that thought never crossed my mind. Cause it was, it was Manny's weight. Manny was returning all American. Um, the year before he got seventh, I believe. No, sorry. He did not. He, no, we, neither one of us placed our junior years. Cause that was the year I didn't place. Um, but then that year he got seventh, but he was like, Manny was ranked our junior year. He was ranked like number one at one point for a while and then got hurt in a match against um, it from Wisconsin. Uh, Henning, not Henning, uh, Rochelle. I think it was against Rochelle. He got hurt in a match and then just kind of was like never the same the rest of the year after that, but he was undefeated and like rolling. Uh, and so like 41 was Manny's weight. And the only reason I was struggling at 33 is because I didn't, I didn't take care of myself throughout the summer. I wanted to like wrestle and lift and like have a good summer and wasn't being, you know, being tough on, you know, like living it every single day. And I think if I had, I, you know, I don't know how things would have turned out, but I also maybe like would have been completely burned out by my senior year. If I had been super strict all summer long and then I go into the season, I'm already starting to mentally be show like breaks cracks in the armor or whatever. Like, it's hard to say how things turned out. Like I would have, uh, if I had done, done it differently. I'm like I said, I'm very happy with how it did and I'm okay with it. Like I'm, I've, yeah. you know, I, I always joke about this and I, I told this story to Dan Gable one time and I'll, I'll kind of bring it full circle, but uh, I'm the only person in the history of the big 10 to do something. And uh, so that okay. is my freshman year. I got first, my sophomore year, I got second. My junior year, I got third. And my senior year, I got fourth. <laughs> uh, and so I, we were at the Dan Gable golf outing uh, in Waverly. This is probably five years ago now. And it got, there was a rain delay. And so we're all in the clubhouse. Everybody's drinking beers. I'm like double fist in bush lights. And Dan <laughs> was talking to Daryl Weber, who was a national champ for Iowa and was from Don Bosco. So I know mm -hmm. Daryl super well. So like, I kind of like meander over the conversation and I like, you know, I'm standing there and I'm talking to him and stuff. And I don't remember how it comes up, but Dan, like I tell him that story and Dan kind of looks at me. He's like, you should have went the other way. I was like, well, yeah, I know that. Like, yeah, like I wish I had too, but like I didn't. And he's like, I, you know, 
I think if I was your coach, I think I could have gotten your head. I think, I think I could have made you into something. I was like, maybe, but like, you're not coaching anymore. And I'm sure as hell not wrestling anymore. So like, <laughs> it don't matter. Uh, and yeah, I just, like, I always get a kick out of that. Like people are like, well, why do you, why do you joke about it? Nothing I can do about it now. Like I can't change it. And so I like, might as well be proud of it. At least I won once. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I'm just glad they only give you four years of eligibility because at this point now it would not be good. I'd be getting yeah. last place in the Big Ten. <laughs> Dude, I love that story. That's funny. Um, and that's a good trivia question. There you yeah. go. Um, yeah. you know, person ever done it. <laughs> um, real quick, I want to ask you about um, you know, your senior year when you got done. Was there ever like a point where you stepped away from the sport where you're like, you know, I'm done. Like I just did this. I've been doing this since I was four. I just had probably the toughest year of my life yeah. with the sport. I'm out of here for a little bit. I need a break. Yeah. I, I was very, very content with my competitive career. As soon as it was over, like I remember So day three NCAAs, uh, one hour weigh-ins and we, you know, we all lined up out on the mats and then they take, 125 in under the tunnel you weigh in 133 follows um i don't know when doors opened or like i truly don't know how he got in uh but my dad was in there when i came out of that tunnel uh after having weighed in and he was i think i was wrestling on would have been wishbone and i was not in the middle mat so i was either on mat five or six so whichever one of the sides of the wishbone i'm on mm -hmm. he he knew already and he was sitting front row above that mat and like not intending to talk to anybody, but just by himself, just like, and I think he kind of knew like, I'm like, I wrestled a thousand matches in my life and dad probably watched 998 of them. Like he was at everything. And so I think he kind of like understood the, 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 uh, the seriousness of what was about to happen that morning. And so I walk out a tunnel and I look over and I see him. So I walk over and, I get to the first thing he looks at me and he goes, Hey, fat boy. <laughs> and <laughs> I was just like, how, how's it going? How did you get in here? <laughs> uh, and we just kind of talked about like everything uh, from starting when I was four to like all the things we did, all the trips to Tulsa, to Fargo, to state, to wherever it is. Like when I went to Russia, when I went to, you know, all this stuff, and we just like, we just kind of like, it was just the two of us. Um, and I just I remember like we finished it. I was like, all right, two more times. And uh, then I went back in, ate some food, came back <laughs> out, lost to Jimmy Kennedy in the county semis and then uh, beat Mark Gray for fifth and sixth. And like that, I, my mom, there's a, I don't know who the photographer was that took it, but they got a great shot of me my hand raised for fifth and sixth, but you can't see what I'm looking at, but you, but you can see kind of the emotion on my face. And I think I got my hand raised as like, I'm kind of like waving at somebody and I know exactly what I was doing. My, I was waving. I'd gotten moved to the other side. So my parents were, if I, I was on mat five for the Concy semis and they were right above it, I was on mat six for fifth and sixth. And so they were just one mat over, but nothing was happening on that mat. And uh, I remember waving at him and just kind of knowing like, yeah, that's, it's over. Like, that's it. This thing we've done 
for, you know, it was 20 years of my life at that point uh, is, is done. And I was okay. I believe everybody has like a very finite amount of competitiveness in them uh, and like willingness to compete. And when it's burned out, like when it's gone, it's gone. Like there's no, there's no refilling that tank. And so like, I think you see that all the time in seniors and college wrestling where it's just like, uh, like they just, they're just not the same. They're a fraction of themselves. And so not to say I'm not competitive in other stuff, like, mm-hmm. you know, like me and my brothers play golf all the time. Yep. And like, I want to win <laughs> bad, <laughs> very, very competitive in that, but wrestling, like I did that life. And like, I just, I'll wrestle with our high school kids in pinnacle now. And it's like, I don't care. Like, Oh, you took me down. Good. Like, all right, well, like, how did you do that? Let's figure out like, all right, what, what if I do this? What, you know, like, it's just a very much of a, a teaching moment now, instead of like, you know, when I was like doing camps and stuff, when I was in college, it was I wouldn't dare let a high school kid even think <laughs> scoring on me. Like I'm going to beat this kid down and like make him <laughs> wish he'd never stepped on the mat. You know, it's just like, like I said, I think you, when it's gone, yeah, it's gone. And for me, it was gone. Like I, I landed that airplane right on the runway. We had <laughs> Fortunately, that was it. We got through that match and, and, and we were good. So um, let me ask you then, who is the best golfer? You know, let's kind of finish it up with, you know, the Ryder family is yeah. I talked with Bart earlier um, for the podcast and I've talked with Shane and uh, they both echo how competitive the Ryder family is, especially when it comes to golf, you know, yeah. you guys switch up teams. Do you do like two, two, two man best ball or there's an annual tournament um, and it's a play on the name, but the Ryder cup, like the Ryder cup, <laughs> yeah. uh, the Ryder cup. Uh, and it's, it's individual uh, invitation only and uh, individual stroke play. And we have done it. 14 years now wow i think 14 years and i have seven titles so serious i listen i'll let you decide who you think might be the best (laughs) but i have seven and nobody else has more than two so uh now yeah if you're gonna ask bart this right now he's gonna tell you i haven't won for three years and that's true maybe it's four years now but yeah it's four years i haven't won the last four years so you know, it, it, I, I've been, I've never finished lower than fourth. Um, this year we had between my cousins, my aunts and uncles, uh, and you know, my wife plays like we've had, I think this year we ended up with 23 entrants or something like that, all family. Oh. Uh, and it's, it's a, it's a riot. So I, I put the whole thing together. I write this like super obnoxious program, um, <laughs> complete with like bio sheets from everybody. And then like, I do like an interview with the defending champion and there's a full like historical uh, page. Cause like I have, I, I'm a nerd when it comes to like stats and stuff um, may have kind of picked that up by the way I can recall like names and scores of matches over my life that happened 20 years ago. But uh, like, I just, I, so I have like every single result um, for every hole for everybody that's played in it. My God. 2013 <laughs> in a spreadsheet and like in my stupid program that I write if like I can I can go back in the 
the results and find any narrative that I want to write about. Like I can make the the stats work for me any way I want. Um, but it's, it's, it's a ton of fun. Um, we, we have a traveling trophy for the champ. Uh, it, it's just, it's a really, really cool thing, but it also like, I see like my uncles that I don't see all the time. I see my cousins that I don't, you know, my dad was one of 15 kids. He was the middle of 15 kids, the writer family that like my first cousins, I think I have like 51 first cousins on that side of the family. So like there's, there's cousins that I have that are, you know, that are 25 years old. I mean, I don't really know that well, but as this thing has grown, it, it started the very first year we started, it was my brother Bart's senior year of high school. He wrestled at Fargo. He got done in Fargo and we were going to go, uh, for a family vacation up in the Brainerd area up north of Minneapolis. So we were like, oh, we're going to be up here for a week. Let's play some golf. And then we were like, well, let's let's keep it. We'll play four rounds. We'll keep a running score uh, between that. And that year, the very first year, I beat my dad by one stroke. We came down to the final hole. We were tied on the last hole and I beat him by one uh, after four rounds. And like, it just kind of has grown from there. Uh, dad beat me the year two by two strokes. So like, it just, I won a lot of titles early on um, <laughs> and now I haven't won for four years. So it's, it's, I gotta get, I gotta, I gotta take my game a little more seriously. We're gonna spend some more time uh, at the range this summer leading up to next year's, next year's tournament. I might, I might have to move somewhere South where I can play all winter long. It's just <laughs> like my clubs are put away now. They ain't, it's, it's bleak up here in Minneapolis <laughs> for a while. Do you guys like rotate courses or, or do you have one central location? Yeah. No, nope, we move around. Um, usually like this year we hosted it up here in Minneapolis uh, and we'll find like three courses in the Metro. We try to play like nice courses. We've done it in Wisconsin. We've done it in Iowa a few times. Like we just kind of, you know, between my brothers and I will talk about like, what do we think is the best spot for it this year? When we try something new or what, what gets the most people there? Uh, and, and we just, you know, plan it out. We let everybody know, all right, here's the weekend. We're doing it, make it work, figure out a way to get there. And usually everybody does now as it's kind of growing quickly, which is like, that's what I want. Like it's, that's what makes it more fun. Like, you know, it's it almost becoming a family reunion of sorts uh, sure. to, get, to see people that I don't get to see very often. Yeah. And also try to compete. <laughs> yeah yeah um maybe someday you know you might have to turn it into a pickleball tournament if you guys ever get you know sick yeah. of playing golf or you know some people can't play golf so you gotta yeah we i i got a couple uncles that have have lobbied very hard and finally i caved a couple years ago letting them move up a t-box because they're <laughs> seniors so and letting them go up a t-box but i keep both uh uh like a straight up net score and then a grow or a gross score and then a net score um so we have two champions every year the the gross one like realistically there's only like five or six guys that real really probably have a shot at winning that one uh whereas the net score you know every i some of them play golf three rounds a year it's at this tournament so like giving <laughs> I kind of come up with a handicap for them and that's not the easiest thing in the world but uh it always ends up being that one's really fun because uh everybody's got a shot to win. And, and so I get a custom made driver head cover, uh, with our, our logo. We, we stole the Ryder cup logo and instead of having the Euro flag on one side, we just made double us flags and then put our stuff on it. But I get that embroidered onto this pretty nice head cover and that goes to the net champ every year. So there's something to compete for. Wow. 
That sounds uh, awesome. I spent <laughs> I spent an absurd amount of time uh, trying to put this thing on. I, you know, my wife and I, we don't have kids, and um, I, I kind of fill my time doing really dumb things. <laughs> Dude, that's that's awesome. That you know, like, just the whole origin and and how it's grown and the story yeah. behind it. it's kind of funny. You guys just yeah, just the five of us, my dad and my four, my, my three brothers and I. The first year, there's five of us. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, we've, we're up to over 20. So hopefully like, you know, some of my, my, I have a nephew, Lou, Joe's, Joe's oldest son, Lou, he likes golf and he's, he's 11, 12 now, uh, maybe just turned 11. And he, uh, I would assume he's going to be in it here soon. Uh, I haven't, we haven't figured out a policy for, you know, oh, what, yeah. What age, what tee box does he play from? I'll have to come up with something as the uh, dictator of the thing. But, uh, you know, that if as the nieces and nephews start kind of getting of age to play, like I think this thing could grow a lot. And it's like, like I said, it's just, it's a ton of fun for me. It's a ton of fun for the family. It's, it's, it scratches that competitive itch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you guys do anything else like that competitively against each other or like a fantasy football league or something? <laughs> Uh, we do fantasy <laughs> baseball. I, I just, oh, I'm nice. not into football really that much. I, cause I coach at Pinnacle and like I coach most Sunday nights or most Sundays, almost all day. And then Monday nights and Thursday nights. And it's like, oh, I, those are the nights that football is played. Yeah. And yep. So, uh, it makes it very, very tough to get into the sport when you don't ever get to watch it. Um, yeah. but we always like between the, my three brothers and I, we, we take a lot of usually try to do one to two trips a year, um, go somewhere to play golf, uh, whether it's Bandon Dunes or Sand Valley or Aaron Hills or, you know, my brother Joe and my wife went out to way out Western Nebraska to the uh, Prairie Club uh, this past summer, just had a great time out there. So we'll always come up with something and then we'll create like a little, or like if I come home for a weekend, I'll take my nephew Lou, we'll go to one of the Waterloo courses and I'll give him, you know, 18 strokes or whatever. And it's, we're playing for <laughs> the one year, the very, like one year we played, uh, if he won, we got to go to, we'd stop at Casey's on the way home and he got to pick out whatever he wanted, uh, from Casey's. <laughs> and if I won, uh, I was going to stop. We were going to his house and I got to smash his piggy bank and take as much from it as I wanted. <laughs> uh, and it came down to, we were like tied going into 18 and he ended up, beat me on 18 so we stopped at casey's i maybe let him uh maybe let him have that and he got very nice he, he got like a so i was like all right you get whatever you want so he got a slice of pizza because you, you're going into casey's you're not going to get not get a slice of pizza uh and then he got like a king size bag of skittles and a two liter of sprite and i was like <laughs> it feels like it's like outside the rule or you know like the the spirit of the game but uh, whatever <laughs> Like your brother's no, your dad's not gonna like that. I bought a leader of Sprite, but it worked out. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Let's Talk Wrestling Podcast. 
Special thanks to my guest, Mac Ryder, for taking the time to sit down and chat with me. Cover art created and designed by Kristen Gill. Please feel free to rate, comment, and subscribe to the podcast. You can also check me out on Twitter, Instagram, and my Facebook page to hear more of my content. Don't forget, check out my website at letstalkwrestlingpodcast.my.canva.site. And as always, be sure to tune in to hear the next guest of the Let's Talk Wrestling Podcast. Take care. See you next time.